Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani, and alongside me tonight, folks, is the man himself, central to Madison, Wisconsin, is none other than our resident Wisconsin Badgers insider, the man himself, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, coming off of a rather incredible weekend in terms of the Wisconsin Badgers. They pummeled the Iowa Hawkeyes at home at the Kohl Center just last night. And, of course, the Badger football team put on a remarkable showing in their bowl game against the LSU Tigers, but ultimately fell short. Nick, how you doing tonight, my brother? Pretty good lead-in, and, and I am doing really well. I, I'd say I always kind of look forward to these shows, but we've got some real concrete stuff to talk about this week. It's been busy. We go from a couple holidays to another one coming up here in two weeks. But we will keep rolling and talk some Bears as you are repping them tonight, as usual. Nick, I always have to represent our beloved Chicago Bears when we record the podcast, as that is our main focus. And for those keeping score at home, yes, Nick did just call his birthday a national holiday. So let's keep that in <laughs> our minds here tonight, folks. And as we roll into this episode, it is possibly the most astronomical one of the NFL season as our beloved Chicago Bears take on their arch rival, the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. So, folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, juice up. All right, Nick, before we get into this past weekend and the Bears' miraculous win over the Atlanta Falcons and then look ahead to Sunday's matchup against the Green Bay Packers, I just do want to credit the Badger basketball team, for putting on a scoring barrage against the Iowa Hawkeyes led by Rockford native A.J. Storr. So I had to give you the credit there because this is an exciting time to be a Wisconsin Badger basketball fan. And I know come next week, you'll be making the trek out to Columbus in the Buckeye State. Yeah, thank you very much for that. You know, Basically, this team has been pretty impressive nearly the entire season. And A.J. Storr is somebody, you know, obviously I knew a little bit about his game. I'm originally from Rockford. It's just kind of a really cool thing uh, to hear about a young player, you know, when you've kind of got that in common. And he has just, I wrote about it this week, he's raised both the floor and the ceiling for this Badgers team. So that's just a, a really cool thing. Uh, next week is going to be, Incredible. I'm excited for that. But much as I love my job, some very recent Bears news that, you know, you usually kind of call the shots, but I'm kind of hoping we can open with some of the Pro Bowl chatter. Nick, I am more than happy to do so because I have a great deal of frustration mm -hmm. to lift off of my chest tonight. But we will need to recap this past weekend's game as it was a true barn burner 
and a snowfall showdown at Soldier Field. But Nick, just hours before we record here tonight, the Pro Bowl rosters were released. And of course, the Pro Bowl is not the same game as it was when we were growing up, or really the same process in terms of selecting players. And there's a lot of politicking going on behind the scenes, but Nick, it's plain as day. The rosters came out tonight, and one surefire pro bowler that you could look at with these Chicago Bears is the true, and I will put this tag on him, superstar wide receiver, DJ Moore, who you want to take a gander at his stat line through 16 games, not 17, as we have one left on the docket. 1,300 yards receiving, 92 catches, which he could very well eclipse 100 come Sunday, eight receiving touchdowns, and, of course, a rushing touchdown. Two of those numbers are career highs for him, 1,300 yards and eight receiving touchdowns, which he reached both of those this past week. And... You look at some of the names in front of them that made the NFC roster, they don't make a whole lot of sense. A.J. Brown has kind of been hot and cold this season and hasn't really found a true rhythm with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, the Eagles have been struggling of late. And then you look at a guy who we love in Mike Evans, who one of the greatest receivers our game has ever seen but actually having a down year in terms of receiving yards. So I think this is blasphemous that our man, DJ Moore, did not make the NFC Pro Bowl roster as he's having the best season of his career and has been one of the lone bright spots on this Bears offense and the reason that we're able to put up 30-plus points in a grinded-out football game in the elements. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to get too sentimental here. I'm going to go a couple ways with this. One, though I like the creativity and trying to change something, you know I'm not a fan of what the actual Pro Bowl is now. But two, the votes, the accolades, all that stuff still matters. And we're knowledgeable fans here. I think I speak for both of us. We both love DJ Moore. If you're going to call somebody a snub, you got to be able to find somebody to take off. And I don't, I know I was texting you, you saw the names first. I don't think there's a clear cut one, which made me feel a little better because the NFC wideouts are not like the AFC running back list. Like I saw that, that, I mean, that was rough. Um, <laughs> Just based on what they're doing this year. But for me, C.D. Lamb, I was just telling a couple friends of the show, you know, some of my good friends that are Cowboys fans, he's maybe, other than Tyreek, been the best in the NFL this year. So, boom, that, that's in. Puka, really good, major market, incredible story. A.J. Brown was the best receiver in the NFL through seven or eight weeks. But like you mentioned, things have slowed down a little bit there. And then Mike Evans, one of my all-time favorite players of this era, I don't think he gets the nod if this wasn't his ninth or 10th season in a row getting a thousand. So I would have AJ, 
DJ, Mike, and Amona St. Brown, kind of all in that next tier. I didn't even see, maybe I missed it, if DJ was even an alternate, uh, which really is shocking because, I mean, as much as I love him, I know he's one of your favorite players too, of course, but I'm not even being biased. Like, I think he's shown himself to be a potential top 10, 12 at most wide out in the entire league. Nick, you said it best there, and you also have to factor in the numbers he could have had if Justin Fields had not missed four games, as those were his down weeks when Tyson Bajant was under center, which feels like a lifetime ago. But DJ Moore, you could tack on two, potentially 300 more yards to his season had Justin Fields played the entirety of this 2023 year and been able to get him the ball just, you know, 10 to 15 receptions more. I mean, this was the clear-cut definition of a snub, but we do have some positivity coming out of the Pro Bowl as our two leaders of the defense in the newcomer, sack machine, beast as... Matt Eberflus would call him. Montez Sweat earned his first Pro Bowl and the future highest paid cornerback in the game of football, Jalen Johnson, was without question a Pro Bowler and that was going to be the case all season long. So we have to respect those guys getting in and they've earned it. But... I saw a couple of Bears players stunned that their names were left off. Of course, DJ Moore tweeting out the Joker meme. And Tevin Jenkins was also surprised that he did not reach the Pro Bowl as far as the offensive line goes. I think that would have been a stretch, but DJ Moore, come on, man. That is is preposterous and yes we could see him sneak into the pro bowl if aj brown kind of opts out depending on how the eagles do or even cd lamb with the dallas cowboys so it could be a late bid but he should have been on the list from jump street yeah you know it's fun to talk about especially when we're kind of passionate and knowledgeable with what happened i want to give Myself a little bit, of, of course, our listeners are used to that, but most of the credit uh, to Jalen Johnson. So I said myself, because you're usually the defensive guy. I've loved this this player, what he does, Jalen Johnson, basically since he came in the league. And I'm encouraged by some comments I think you made about two weeks ago about the Bears' chances. But I will say this. I think that it's clear Ryan Poles has done a lot of good for this team, even when we put a stop. I getting rid of some of our favorite players and future Hall of Famers and things like that. Like this roster is probably four or five times better than it was a year and a half ago. But Jalen Johnson is not only a top 10, he's the top five corner in the NFL. Mark my words on this. He'll be an all pro likely first team all pro. And we, the, the universal we here with the bears, we have the cash to spend. That is a premier position because obviously it's a passing league now. I would be the most heartbroken, of course, if if Fields isn't back, you know, as a fan. But as we've watched and as, as I've seen this man's effort 
even in terrible Bears teams, I would be very sad if Jalen Johnson, if he leaves when the Bears were offering about the same, I, I would be sad. I obviously wouldn't blame him. I mean, he's earned it, but congrats on the Pro Bowl. Montez has been awesome, but DJ Moore, Jalen Johnson were the two guys I really wanted to talk about. And then Tevin, really good. I don't think he should be yet. But Jaquan Brisker had an outside shot as well, and I think he will be a future pro bowler. Nick, you say it truly the best in terms of Jalen Johnson because he has every right to be bitter as the Bears were not willing to extend him earlier on in this season. But then he's put on his best performance as a Chicago Bear, as a professional, down the stretch. And he earns that Pro Bowl accolade. And that will be used in negotiations come the offseason. Will the Bears take him seriously and take his talent seriously and give him the right contract to stay a Chicago Bear? We rarely hand out second contracts in terms of the secondary. Of course, Kyle Fuller was short-lived on his second contract, and Eddie Jackson is on a second one right now. And that has not necessarily panned out the way we wanted it to. But if we keep Jalen Johnson as part of this unit, the Bears have a fantastic outlook in terms of having one of the most premier secondaries in the game of football as young guys like Kyler and Jaquan and even the rookie Tyreek Stevenson have come on strong in this season. So I will wish every fiber of my being in a positive manner in terms of bringing back Jalen Johnson. But as you mentioned, Justin Fields will also be a major topic of conversation really after next week when the season finishes for our Bears. No, let me ask you a quick hitter, and I know we'll do quick on the Falcons and then the Packers because I'm not usually quite this passionate about this stuff, but I always look forward to this evening, you know, when we find out those names. I'm really happy for Jalen Johnson. How much would you feel good kind of paying him? Because I've got my number. We know I'm very over the top of this stuff, but I think he has been the best cornerback in the NFL this year. I really do him or Legereus Sneed, who didn't even get a Pro Bowl. Nick, it honestly sounds ridiculous, but you look at some of the numbers that have come about in the last couple of years. You talk about a guy on the other side, Jair Alexander, who was paid not too long ago as someone in the conversation for top corner in the league. And I want to say he reached over $80 million across his contract. So Jalen Johnson is in line to get that record-setting money at the cornerback position. I can't put an exact number on it, but he should be, in 2024, the highest-paid corner in all of football if we're going to move the needle forward and pay guys what they are deserving of, especially being a guy drafted by the franchise. Yeah, I, I for those that are just listening, obviously not seeing this, 
Love the smile from my guy there because I'm not usually the, the question poser here. Again, I've been rolling with this. I've got a number for you. I was looking more for annual. I would go up to four years, $76.5 million, which is over $19 million. Again, that would reset the market. I'm not even sure he's asking for that, but he had one bad game. We were on national television. I think it was the Chargers. But since then, whether it's tackles, whether it's being a ball hawk, vocal leadership, I mean, the PFF grades, when that matches the eye test, is, as I say to my readers, there's a lot of good there. So very passionate about that. I think he's the best player on the team, and I want him back. Best player on the team, folks. That may be a tad bit of an exaggeration as the defense doesn't score points very often. And that's why I would say DJ Moore has a slight edge. But Nick, you are in the right line of thinking. And I certainly want the Bears to get the job done on both sides of the football when you talk about the quarterback and then the cornerback in number 33. So Nick, moving forward, we have to recognize the wire-to-wire victory in bear weather at Soldier Field against the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday, a 37-17 to victory for our beloved Chicago Bears. It was a pummeling from the first offensive possession as our defense actually got lucky and Youngway Koo missed the first field goal. And we were able to get the ball with some solid field position. And once Justin Fields got that ball in his hands, it was takeover time, and he never looked back. He's had better games in terms of statistics, but in terms of pitching a complete game and getting the job done through the air and on the ground, this is maybe the second or third best game he's ever played in the National Football League. He was able to find DJ Moore nine times for over 100 yards and a touchdown with possibly the best throw of his season. Back corner of the end zone, put it in a spot that only DJ Moore could catch it and just get his feet in. It was a remarkable display in terms of a quarterback wide receiver duo and they are becoming one of the strongest combinations on the offensive side of the football across the NFL so I was so grateful and impressed by Justin Fields performance offensively he was able to scamper in for a rushing touchdown as well was it his best game in the NFL no but He did not turn over the football. He did not wait too long in the pocket and was able to evade tacklers. He is truly a wizard in terms of feeling pressure, actually getting out of sacks numerous times and turning it into positive yardage. I was over the moon while watching Justin Fields against the Atlanta Falcons who have had a relatively stingy defense this season. Yeah, you know, I was kind of leading a lot with with the Pro Bowl chatter. I won't add a ton to this game, but I'll say this. 
As of today, and a lot can change, but as of today, I think Justin Fields is back. Okay, let that be said. But I don't often let my emotions kind of get decided much from the Bears as you do. That's okay to say. I got no problem saying I was not as excited when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. I had not been that excited about a draft pick since Greg Olson out of Miami, I want to say 16, 17 years ago. Hand to God. Um, so that was a pick I was really excited about. And the fact that it was snowy, which takes us back to great memories of our first ever Bears regular season game. And fields look great. Players had his back. But that chant from the fans, you don't see that often in the NFL. You really don't. That was a special kind of performance to take in. You and I were texting like usual. Uh, you know, I, I was able to watch some with like girlfriend and family taking it in or breaking it down, talking to our mom, whatever. It was a really cool game. And I think it showed are the Bears a playoff team? Unfortunately, not this year. They should have been. But I'm comfortable saying right now the Bears are a good football team. And they can take a lot of momentum into the offseason if they knock off on the game you're about to bring up here. Nick, you set me up with a fantastic lead in there. And I want to stay positive as we look ahead to the Green Bay Packers. But that game against the Falcons was truly one of the best wire-to-wire performances on either end of the football, whether you talk about offense or defense. We forced four interceptions between Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter, two of which came from the rookie Tyreek Stevenson. And you talk about that Soldier Field home crowd who more often than not, you hear the Boo birds come out when the Bears are not aggressive offensively and head into halftime without having any sense of urgency and usually down a score or two. That home crowd chanting, we want fields. I genuinely got chills hearing it and then seeing the reaction online because this team is headed in a positive direction, as you mentioned, Nick. And I have never in my life after a losing season, which we will finish with whether we win on Sunday or not, felt this optimistic about the future if everything falls into place the way it should as we hope to keep Justin Fields around. The report came out this week that Eberflus will be back as head coach, which if you've listened to this show, you know that I have had a very complicated relationship with that head coach <laughs> as we should be a playoff team. Three of our losses came in the fourth quarter when leading by two scores. And one more win out of those three losses, just take one of them, and we are in a position on Sunday to go to the playoffs with a win over the Green Bay Packers. That's the reality of it. We're one game away from the postseason with this team and the way we started, this was one of the better 
second halves of a season that we've seen in recent years. And for that reason, I have to give Matt Eberflus credit as he created one of the best defenses in football seemingly out of thin air because we got Montez Sweat and everything started to move in a positive direction. And so as we look ahead to Sunday afternoon, I feel a little bit less frustrated with Matt Eberflus as head coach. But I have to say, what I cannot stand about him is he wins a clear-cut, dominant game over the Atlanta Falcons and cannot wipe the smile off of his face, knowing full well that his team is unable to make the playoffs. He feels so good about himself when he has dug a hole that we cannot climb out of. That's my frustration with them. Have some semblance of self-awareness because you can have that smile if we were in a position to reach the postseason, which we are not. Well, you know it's a damn good show when the time left button is popping up. So I'm going to get right into things. I mean, when I'm trying to run things, we know I'm into it. So I'll say this. Great point. That made me laugh when you texted me about it. Major credit to Tyree Stevenson and TJ Edwards for their play the last few weeks. And going into this major rivalry game, I've got two keys for the Bears. They're going to be obvious, but I, I truly believe them. Of course, you want to see good things from Sweat, but I think what's most important is our secondary because the Packers do a nice job of mixing it up, going deep to guys like Wicks, Dobbs, of course, Jaden Reed, who I think could be a star but also getting it out quick. I do respect what LaFleur does offensively. And then win the turnover battle. Many people will disagree on who is better between Fields and Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love has had a really, really good year. I think his floor is much higher. I still think Fields can be a superstar. And I think you've seen flashes, but he, he can't perform like he did in week one. And he's one of my favorite players in the entire NFL, but I don't love what he said about the Green Bay fans. That really does not help right now. Nick, you know how I feel about that one? It's simple. You haven't beaten the Green Bay Packers in your time as the Chicago Bears quarterback. You cannot talk that stuff until you get a tally in the W column. And if he does so on Sunday night, then by all means, you kept the Green Bay Packers out of the postseason much like the Detroit Lions a year ago. But do not go into the weekend all high and mighty when you haven't gotten the job done. And this is coming from someone that has backed Justin Fields through thick and thin. We've been banging the drum to keep him in Chicago with the number one overall pick in our back pockets. But Justin, it's plain and simple, Nick. He has to lead the Chicago Bears to victory on Sunday. Forget about the fact that it's the Green Bay Packers and remember that we can keep the Green Bay Packers out of the postseason. I would not feel good about myself as a Bears fan or a football fan in general if we were to allow Jordan Love in his first season as the starter to reach the playoffs. And you take a look at this Bears team, Nick, the offense 
and defense have been humming on all cylinders throughout the month of December, and it has to continue into 2024. And what greater way to ride off into the sunset, if you will, and look ahead to the 2024 season with your first victory over the Green Bay Packers as a head coach in Matt Eberflus and as Justin Fields as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, you know, as the clock's running out here, I will say I'm hoping this is not Justin Fields' last game as Bears quarterback. I do not think it will be, but I think he's still being evaluated. I trust Ryan Poulds for the most part. And my only bold prediction, and this is pretty smooth, I must say, because it is bold, the Chicago Bears keep the Packers out of the playoffs. Nick, it is more than bold, and I will be right alongside you, but I have to give my keys to victory before we close this one out. It is Justin Fields. He is playing the best football of his young career right now. And the two things I need from him in order to claim a victory at Lambeau is to be unafraid to use his legs like we saw against the Falcons this past week. When there is not an open receiver, he's the fastest man on the field. You've got to use those legs as well as get the ball out quickly. With guys like Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark coming right at you, you need to get that ball out as soon as possible and get Cole Komet involved this week. I know guys have been banged up, but this one is a game you need to have with some positive momentum moving into the new year. So my bold prediction is just going to be defensively, and that is we have a great advantage against the young receivers of the Green Bay Packers. We will force an interception as well as at least two sacks on Jordan Love, make him uncomfortable in the backfield. And of course, Nick, my final score prediction is a Chicago Bears victory over the arch rival Green Bay Packers. Good night, Jordan Love. Good night, season for the men up north. We will run away with this one 31 to a Packers 24, and both seasons conclude on Sunday evening, and we are on even footing going into the new year come September. 26-20 Chicago, one of the best shows of the year. As long as it's not too embarrassing of a game for the Bears, we will be doing one more football recap. Thank you all. I can't wait for this one. I'm going to grind these next three days and enjoy it as a fan. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. And folks, remember, this is the greatest rivalry in all sports. So soak it in as we have just one game left on the schedule. And that will be at hallowed Lambeau Field. And can the Chicago Bears steal one against their arch nemesis in the Green Bay Packers? Thank you for tuning in, folks. And as always, juice up, bear down forever.